Howdy guys, I'm Aiden of Blue Couch Productions, and welcome to the 44th ever episode of Aiden on Anchor, the show where I tell you about my life story as well as my journey with this cool little app called Anchor. It is currently February 29th, 2020, last day of February, uh, 3.25 p.m. as of recording this, and today we're going to be doing something a bit new. We're going to be doing what I like to call a movie roundup. Now, typically, I have talked about movies before on A Non Anchor, usually in a certain series or franchise, like Disney movies and Spider-Man movies. But instead of doing that, we're just going to talk about a bunch of films that I've seen in February. They might not be related to each other. Some of them might be, some of them might not. And uh, yeah, we're just going to be talking about movies today. That'll be fun. I kind of got a little bit of this idea from the Jay the Zoomster podcast, also on Anchor. He is probably going to do a podcast episode similar to this of all the films he watched in February. Um, Some of them I've watched with him. So if you want more movie opinions after this episode, go check out Jay's podcast on Anchor, simply titled Jay the Zoomster. But with all that being said, all that wacky doodle stuff, uh, let's get into some of the films that I saw this month. And probably the biggest section of films that I saw in the month of February, uh, were the DCEU films. Um, not all of them. We haven't gotten through all of them yet, but me, Zach, and Jay specifically have been watching uh, the DC superhero movies that have been coming out as of late, part of the DC Cinematic Universe trying to compete with Marvel. And uh, we just finished Justice League not too long ago. I haven't seen Aquaman or any of the films after that. But uh, so far, I gotta say, um, it's not really good. <laughs> I know some of y'all might have expected me to be like, oh, no, I actually really like these. But uh, no, uh, the majority of them are flat out bad. Um, some of them are even unbearable, unbearably so. Uh, Man of Steel is the only one I had seen prior to this uh, DCU watch. It was the only film I had like a little bit of a, a little bit of an opinion on. And, uh, you know, it changed a little bit, I will say. There are parts of Man of Steel that I liked more than when I watched it the first time in theaters. Uh, but the rest of the films was my first genuine viewing of them, and uh, most of them do not hold up whatsoever. Man of Steel has a couple of really nice personal moments, uh, but is bogged down with really bad pacing, in my opinion, and uh, a Clark and a Superman that is pretty boring and doesn't really do the whole origin story right at all. I'm coming to find a lot with superhero films specifically, the reason that a lot of people don't like origin stories is because a lot of them are just flat out bad. Like, I like a good origin story. That's why I like uh, Spider-Man 1 so much, because it's such, like, a perfect telling of, like, Peter Parker and him becoming Spider-Man and not wasting any time by doing that and, and also building a good movie on top of that, right? But every other, like, superhero origin film I've seen outside of, like, maybe Iron Man 1 is either, like, bad or uh, downright awful, and Man of Steel kind of fits into that category of films. But overall, I'd probably give it like a five, five or a six or so. Um, I don't know what I gave it at the time, probably a little bit higher, but my opinion on it definitely has uh, downgraded a little bit now that I'm talking about it on this podcast, so hey, what are you going to do? But the next film in the DCU is Batman v Superman, number two. Such a wild film to have it be your second thing in the DCU. Uh, We're not only following up on freaking Man of Steel, but at the same time, we're also adding Batman into it and Wonder Woman, and we're doing, like, 
spoiler alert, uh, the death of Superman, and we're doing Doomsday, and we're doing Lex Luthor, and we're doing all these things. And so this movie, uh, despite it being one of the longest of the whole bunch, I think it's like two or three hours or something, something really long. I don't remember the exact uh, running time. But there's just a lot of shit that they got to cover in this film, and very rarely is any one part of it done extremely well. Uh, the only thing as I remember liking about BVS is like Batman himself. I like Batman a lot in this. Um, ben Affleck is a pretty good Batman, in my opinion. Uh, I know some people don't like him, but I, I, I stomach him okay. But Superman is just as miserable as he was in Man of Steel. Lois gets way too much of the movie and a plot that ultimately doesn't matter all that much. You could take her out of the film and her plot, and uh, it really wouldn't change the movie. Uh, Lex is flat out annoying. Jesse Eisenberg kind of just plays Joker rather than Lex Luthor himself. So we kind of end up with just an insufferable villain. And Doomsday is just literally the big like CG bad guy from uh, The Incredible Hulk. Abomination. That was his name. And so the whole fucking like third act is just a shitload of nonsense where uh, no nothing happens. So I don't like Batman v Superman. It's even worse than Man of Steel. Uh, it's boring, it's long, it's pacing, is god-awful. Don't watch it. I'd probably give it like a four or a three. But next up is Suicide Squad, and I figured, hey, I've heard a lot of bad things about Suicide Squad, but it can't be that bad, right? Like, I've seen a lot of bad films. Part of watching films with, with the homies is that you, you end up exploring a lot of films, a lot of good ones, but also a lot of bad ones, and, and what you'll find is that your standards for good and bad uh, drop and increase. Um, so for my, my favorite films, the bar continues to get higher the more I see Oscar-nominated films and really good, well-received movies. But my bar for garbage, as I see films like Loquitia, continue to fall lower and lower. And uh, what that does is it puts a film like Suicide Squad, which, spoiler alert, is a bad film. Absolutely. A lot of people were right about it. The problem is, because my bar for garbage is so low at this point, I can't say it's the worst thing I've ever seen, because mainly the fault with Suicide Squad is just that it's kind of a bad, boring film, and not necessarily one of those bad films that you can really laugh at from beginning to end, and not even a, a, a bad film that it's so egregious that, that you can point it out and all that sort of stuff. It just kind of, for bad movies, just sort of plays it a bit safe, honestly. We spend the majority of the film in one location. Harley Quinn and Will Smith are about the only two likable uh, protagonists, or rather antagonists, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but, like, they're the only two likable characters, I guess I would say. Uh, Amanda Waller isn't great. The military people aren't great. Killer Croc is kind of funny. I like him in an ironic sense. He uh, ends up saving the day, obviously, with the rest of the crew. And as uh, one wish is to have BET in his jail cell. And uh, you know what? They give him BET. They, he's allowed to watch black entertainment television. And Killer Croc just eats that shit up. And, you know, that's funny. It's very funny to me. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy a stupid character like that from time to time in superhero films. But, shoot, even Killer Croc proportionally doesn't even look right. Like, dude looking ugly as sin. Uh, and that's doubly so for the main villain, the Enchantress, and uh, her her sidekick, the guy from the Mummy movies, just vibing out here with the fucking, like, God, it's just such an ugly film. Such an ugly film. 
with ugly writing, ugly characters. It's a film I never want to see again. Probably the worst of the DCU. I'd give it like a two, a one maybe. Not even like a so bad it's good. It's just flat out, unabashedly bad. Don't watch Suicide Squad. And then, finally, we get to the uh, DCU film I actually like, Wonder Woman. I really like Wonder Woman. Uh, in the same way that I like Captain America, uh, I, I'm a sucker for a lot of uh, like historical films. I'm a sucker for like likable, naive protagonists. I'm a sucker for like those wartime kind of movies type stuff. And uh, Captain America and Wonder Woman are basically similar films with similar plots. And while both of them have issues, there's a lot of issues I have with the first Captain America, and there's a lot of issues that I have with Wonder Woman. Even though those issues are the same uh, throughout both movies, uh, I still like both movies. It's not films that like everybody would like and everybody would enjoy, but there is definitely an immediate step up in quality in terms of like characters, plot, action, <laughs> like basic stuff, pacing, pacing. Like it, it's such a high bar up that that maybe I'm rating Wonder Woman too highly. But just know comparatively to everything else I saw beforehand, Wonder Woman is like the biggest breath of fresh air. And so it's, it's a movie that I actually like. I actually enjoy. A very pretty film. I love Diana. I love Gal Gadot acting-wise. Uh, she has her missteps, of course, but she Gal Gadot, so I can't really blame her for looking like a, an absolute baddie, an absolute snack in the role. I like the side characters. I like Steve. They're all great. It's good shit. I give it like a 7 or an 8. It's the best movie so far that I've seen. And then finally, the last DCU film uh, that I've seen is Justice League. And uh, this is supposed to be the Avengers-type movie. You know, the MCU had like Iron Man and Thor and Captain America, and they all had solo movies, but then they came together and had Avengers. And Avengers was this big, monumental hit. And I'm sure that was the film that got DC thinking, hmm, maybe we could do that. Maybe we could, you know, have our own little Avengers moment. The problem, though, is that Marvel, like, had a lot of standalone films. And they naturally built off on top of each other. So that by the time we got to Avengers, it felt natural. It felt worth the wait. And the movie Avengers itself is a step up, so much so. That really, the MCU would never quite be the same after Avengers in terms of uh, fighting, quality, uh, villains, all that sort of stuff. But like I said earlier, the DCU doesn't really have that. Uh, to this point, we have one Superman movie, one Wonder Woman movie, a Suicide Squad film, which, spoiler alert, they're not in the film at all. They're their own side team-up movie. So we really didn't need that. And then we have Batman v Superman, which is mainly a sequel to Man of Steel, but oh, it happens to have Batman and Wonder Woman in it. So technically, it's, it's supposed to be the Batman solo film, but it's not at all, and it's a really poor introduction for both him and Wonder Woman. And so because of that, uh, Justice League, a movie that has Batman, who hasn't had a solo film, um, Superman who doesn't even show up until the second half of the film. So he's not even there for most of it. Uh, Wonder Woman, who, yeah, Wonder Woman did have a film. Well, I'll give you that one. 
Uh, Aquaman, who hadn't had a movie up until this point. Aquaman's the next film. Uh, The Flash, who also hadn't had a movie up until this point. And Cyborg, who also hadn't had a movie up until this point. So because of that, we don't even know half the team. (laughs) Half the team doesn't even have a movie in the DCU. And they're over here being like, oh, you, you know The Flash? You know you know Aquaman? Cyborg? And so the film has to be this team-up movie and at the same time be introductions for like three or four characters. And at the same time, we have to have a new villain in your Steppenwolf. And God, like if you if you hate like Malekith and Thor the Dark World, let me introduce you to the, to the new worst superhero villain in any comic book movie other than like Jeff Bezos from Ant-Man or whatever. I don't even remember his name. Uh, but yeah, Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf is awful. He looks like dog shit. His plot is stupid. He's not a threat remotely at all. And he's barely even in the movie. And by the time Superman shows up, he's basically fucked. There's no tension in this entire thing. Because Wonder Woman is a god. <laughs> and Superman is a god. And, like, Batman, sure, he can't do anything, but the Flash literally can go fast and, like, pretty much slow down time. Cyborg's, like, a genius. And so, like, Steppenwolf is just thoroughly annihilated. He's outmatched from beginning to end. So we never really feel, like, worried about the heroes and whether or not they're going to save the world. And Steppenwolf's plot is, like, he's got to get the three MacGuffins from all three of the places. And only through the power of teamwork is he defeated. And yada, yada, yada. He's just awful, man. And he's quippy, and he's dumb. He's like a worse Ultron. You ever seen Avengers Age Ultron? You know how Ultron's insufferable? Let me give you worse Ultron. You happy, Steppenwolf? You happy about yourself? So yeah, Justice League is a flawed movie. It wears its flaws on its sleeve. It is very clearly trash. Uh, But I will say that Justice League at least knows it's trash, um, which makes it a very funny movie to riff on. Um, if you wanted a funny, haha, so bad it's good DCU film, I think Justice League is the closest you're going to get to that. It very much has a, a, a Phantom Menace type energy about it where uh, the, the plot and the potential of the film is serious, but they do not play it off that way whatsoever. So it just feels like a, a comedy of errors, a one tragedy after another that frankly got me to laugh several times. This movie's funny, not in an intentional way. Not in the way the film wanted it to be funny, but it made me laugh at just how incompetent the filmmaking was, how hard they tried to make this plot work, how this was supposed to be fucking fighting off against the first Avengers movie, which it doesn't even come fucking close. Justice League isn't so bad, it's good. I'd put it at like a three. It's better than Suicide Squad. It's probably better than Batman v Superman. I had more fun watching Justice League than half of the movies on this list. But it's not for the right reasons. And uh, I think anybody who, who wanted something more out of this iconic Justice League movie, uh, unfortunately, w- w- was very disappointed. But it is a so bad it's good film. It's very hilarious. So if you want it for that value, I, I guess it's there. But yeah, those are the, the DCU movies I've seen so far. I need to watch Aquaman, which should be epic. I need to watch... Birds of Prey, which Jay says it's good, maybe. And I'm going to watch Joker as well, even though that's not a DCU film. I just think it'd be personally funny if I watched Joker and pretended it was. So, 
I'll let you know how those go, pretty much. But uh, in the meantime, let's get off of superhero movies and talk about something far more epic. Uh, some Oscar-nominated films. I saw two. Uh, one of them was the Best Picture winner at this year's Oscars, Parasite. The uh, Korean... God, I don't even know how you want to describe it. Like, comedy, drama, horror film type thing. Parasite. And the other Oscar-nominated film was the... Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess the runner-up for Best Picture of 2016. Uh, ended up losing to Moonlight. Uh, La La Land. I ended up seeing La La Land, which is more of a, a, a musical. And so these two are very different films, obviously. But both of them got a lot of high acclaim. Both were nominated for Best Picture. Both received a bunch of rewards. And I liked both of them a lot. Um, let's start with Parasite first. Just because I probably have a little bit more to say on Parasite. But uh, yeah, Parasite's wacky, dude. I don't think I've seen any Korean films before this. But if this is any indication on how good they are, then like sign me the fuck up. Because this film just ends up like twisting your emotions <laughs> throughout most of it. You just sort of see this family, and they're poor, and they're like, man, we need to get money, and we need to get it quick, so they end up, like, conning a rich family, like, one by one, and the con gets so big and so crazy that eventually you're wondering, all right, like, how's this going to go bad, and then things go bad, like, really, really, really bad, really, really bad, and, uh, yeah, the film just kind of goes off from there, a lot of, like, Discussion about, like, class. A lot of discussion about wealth. A lot of discussion about, like, poverty and the inequity between that. But in a way that's not, like, over your head beating the drum. Uh, they do it through, like, shots, um, writing, characters, and even movement. Um, just in how characters move. They make a big statement about, like, cockroaches and how cockroaches hide when there's like a light shined on them. And then throughout the movie, as they keep getting found out, or they keep getting closer to found out, um, they start moving and scurrying kind of like bugs, kind of like cockroaches. Um, and it's just such a, a really smart, really well-made movie that had me like invested from beginning to end. And uh, I loved it. The The only, the only bad part about Parasite... <laughs> For me, anyway, and this is personal. Um, toward the end, there is sort of a a, a bit of a graphic, uh-oh, shit hits the fan scene in films. Um, and I typically am very woozy around blood and, like, gore and body parts. I think I've mentioned this before, but if I haven't, I don't like seeing blood. I don't like people talking about blood. It makes me pale, and then I kind of stop breathing, and then I get very woozy, and uh, I can't, like, think straight. And so this was happening in Parasite. And the wild part was usually I'm able to notice when it's coming on and when I'm starting to feel woozy. Uh, like when they played Passion of the Christ, Passion of the Christ for my Bible history class and they were getting to the obvious torture stuff. Like I knew I could feel it coming on. And so I asked to go to the bathroom so I could take a minute and like breathe uh, because I was getting real woozy and sick. But this was the first time where it happened in Parasite, but, like, I wasn't, I didn't notice it until after the fact. Usually, I'm able to tell, but Parasite was so freaking good, and I was so invested. 
that I was woozy like that for five minutes and didn't even know until it was over. And then it caught up to me and I'm like, oh, wait, I feel like I feel like garbage. I told Zach I had to go get a like a water bottle or whatever. <laughs> but what I actually did was just sit on the couch with like a fan on me and water just so I could breathe and like catch up again because I just felt sick, sick out of my mindset. Uh, but yeah, that, that was kind of a, a fault of the movie. Um, not, not necessarily even a fault to the movie, a fault to my biology. Um, but yeah, that was, that was wild. I can't believe that happened to me for the film to be so good that I didn't even realize I was physically ill and woozy. It's pretty cool. Uh, and I think says a lot about how good it is. I, it totally deserves Beck's picture. Uh, it was the best film of that year. Absolutely. I'm so glad it got recognized first Korean foreign film to win best picture i'm so happy for it um 10 out of 10 really fucking good film really good film and then the other oscar nominated film la la land is a bit more a bit more down to earth <laughs> than parasite a bit a bit less crazy than parasite uh, it's a musical set in good old la following a actress and a uh, i guess a musician jazz musician if you will and uh, their past as artists kind of coming together, told through song, told through really good shots, told through dancing and visual spectacle and stuff like that. And uh, La La Land really reminded me a lot of like a Disney movie because it very much acts in that same way, where a lot of the film is driven more by emotion and atmosphere than it is necessarily like writing and character dialogue. And so we get like a lot of really good songs in here. Like some of the best I've heard in a musical like this. Some of the best I've heard in a musical like this. Um, and again, like just visually, it's such a fucking insane movie with like the dancing and stuff like that. I just I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I will say it's a bit hokey. There are a bit of uh, musical cliches, a bit of like comic misunderstandings that lead to uh, the, the typical, like, we're mad at each other scenes. It almost kind of plays out in, in the same way a romantic comedy does. Um, but I will say the ending is really, really good and actually is, like, subverting uh, my expectations when it comes to how these movies typically end and what we actually got in La La Land was something completely different, completely unique, and uh, one, of the, one of my favorites, for sure. It also reminds me a lot of, like, other Mark Webb films like uh, Amazing Spider-Man, or uh, more accurately, like 500 Days of Summer. Those films share a lot in common. If you like 500 Days of Summer, you'll really like La La Land. A lot of really good moments, a lot of smart moments in this. Uh, if you're not a fan of musicals, I don't know necessarily if La La Land would appeal to you at all, but if you are and you can stomach them, there's a lot to like here. I give it a 9. It was really good. And so finally, we've come to the last film, in the good old movie roundup, and that is Zathura, 2005 Zathura, directed by John Favreau. Aiden, why did you watch Zathura? Okay, so this is Jay's fault, because Jay remembered, just out of the blue, freaking Zathura, which is a kid's movie about, like, a board game of the same name in space, right? It's basically, like, if you've seen Jumanji, it's like that, but it's in space, and he remembered watching it as a kid, and was like, yo, we should watch Zathura, and then he got Zach involved, and then I kind of got involved and everything. So right after watching La La Land, like a 9 out of 10 film, going from that to Zathura was kind of a bit of a shakeup. Uh, but yeah, it, it was interesting. I've seen it before. Uh, I remember watching it once as a kid, but it's been a while. 
Um, and it was just kind of wild just to go back and like remember that era of kids films. You, you know the ones I'm talking about. Like it's got Josh Hutcherson in it. There's a magical board game that transports them to another world. There's a lot of weird and wacky characters they meet along the way. But at the end of the day, the film is about a message, in this case, brotherhood. Uh, and through the power of like being a good brother to each other, they end up saving the day and things. And of course, there's perils being in space and bad guys and stuff like that. But it, it's a very typical 2000s kid movie uh, from beginning to end. I will say what sets Zathura apart from those kids movies is uh, not only number one, the concept. Zathura as a board game is pretty cool. And I do like the idea of like, if you play Zathura, it'll launch you into space, and any of the threats that the board game has uh, also enter their life, right? So like, uh, they'll spin the board, they'll press the button, they'll go like five spaces, and then a card will come out, and the card will say meteor shower, and then a meteor shower actually happens. So they have to like, fight off that, and robots, and zorgons, and all this sort of stuff. So the, the film's premise, and the idea of it, is very creative, but the other thing that really sets it apart is that most of it is practical effects. Sure, when they're in space, it's very clearly like a green screen uh, and computer imagery stuff. But the uh, the Zorgons, the lizard people, are actual like uh, costumes and stuff. So it's like actually physically on screen. There's at one point when uh, their teenage sister, Kristen Stewart, who's also in this movie, um, gets frozen because of the board game. And so rather than just having like a CG version of her that's frozen, they actually go out of their way to like make a mannequin of like a frozen Christian Stewart that they can haul around <laughs> throughout most of the film uh, and that type of stuff. A lot of the damage, like the meteor shower scene, uh, they actually like shot bullets into the ground and stuff to make it look physically like the house was torn up. And so it's just like a lot of dedication to detail Um and really making it feel like these these things are actually happening in the film. Uh, and I really appreciate that, like, craftsmanship. It's wild that this is the same John Favreau who, like, did Lion King. The, the 2019 one that I hate so much. If you haven't seen that video on my channel, you really should. But, uh, yeah, like, it's, it's wild that that's even something in the same catalog. That we have a movie like Zathura and Lion King by the same director. And yet Zathura is far more, like, visually... Uh, at least, it looks a lot more real than Lion King ever does, so, hey, it's what you get when you use practical effects, um, that being said, though, like, it is still very much a kids movie, it has a lot of kids movie writing, kids movie tropes, the brother bickering can get very annoying at times, uh, there's this whole thing about, like, uh, the older brother Walter calling Danny a baby and I swear to God they like have this baby argument back and forth like four times uh, there's another one where they're like well, Danny can't read and so Walter has to remind every character that oh Danny can't read multiple times through the film it doesn't get as low to the point where they like have a fart joke or like a poop joke because a lot of kids movies like this typically do have one um, but there wasn't one here and so I was very impressed with that I'd probably overall give it like a 6 out of 10. It's your average kids movie, but it gets bumped up to a 6 because of the concept, the potential, and the uh, just sort of practical effects really putting it over over the top. It's a very creative kids movie. I wouldn't mind watching it again with other kids, potentially, when I have kids. But uh, outside of that, 
probably probably avoid it. Probably don't watch this one. <laughs> but that's it. Those are all the films that I saw in February that I can remember. There might have been other ones. But uh, yeah, five DCU films. Man of Steel, BVS, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice League. Two Oscar-nominated films, Parasite and La La Land. And finally, ending it off with Sathura. That's about eight films total. Not a bad haul for February. Um, I don't watch as many films as Zach and Jay do because they are like watching new films like practically every other night. Zach especially is like watching five a day at some point. Um, so it can be kind of hard to catch up with all the films that they watch. But if there is one that interests me, if there's one that I like, if there's one that's like seems interesting, I will watch it. And I'm glad I have been watching those because it really has opened my eyes when it comes to a lot of film, a lot of possibilities out there. And uh, you know what? Like... I might, I might do another one of these movie roundups again if I have things to talk about. If I see a good number of movies in March, I might do it again. But let me know what you thought about it uh, anywhere on the internet. Check out my links in the description below. If you want to donate to the podcast, you can. You can do it on Anchor or Patreon. Special thanks to Jay the Zoomster who gave me a dollar on Anchor and Parker for the $5 on Patreon. And uh, the next episode of Aiden on Anchor is going to be a fun one. We're going to be doing a Q&A. So that'll be really hype. So stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, I've been Aiden of Blue Catch Productions, and I'm signing off. Bye-bye, everybody.